Hello and welcome to the Future Healthcare Today podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Tierney, and today we are joined once again by Madison Goldfisher, Vice President and Head of Product for Member Empowerment at Zealous. In our last conversation, we discussed a recently released member satisfaction survey, which revealed a number of interesting data points about what members expect from their plans and providers. Today, however, we want to focus more specifically on the healthcare journey itself. See, over the past few years, many people have had more reasons than ever to interact with their plans, whether that was because of a chronic disease exasperated by a sudden lifestyle change or because of a more acute illness. Regardless of why, the journey that a member takes in the process of receiving healthcare has become far more important, and as such, many payers and providers have turned their attention to that process. But what can payers and providers do to boost member satisfaction? And how can they ensure that members are experiencing the most efficient, reliable, and satisfying journey possible? Before we get started, Madison just wanted to say thank you again for coming back. We really enjoyed your last conversation, and we're incredibly grateful to have you come back for this one. Thanks for having me here, Kevin. So let's start from the very beginning. How has the member journey fundamentally changed over the last decade? And what's the role that remote solutions have played? Have they come through and changed expectations among members? Yeah, the the member experience has changed significantly over the past 10 years. You can look at the advent of um, kind of the, the mobile boom, you know, post iPhone launch has really changed how people engage with the plan. And there are other underlying technologies that have enabled that, like cloud deployment, omni-channel coordination. But the the experience has has really evolved from just managing the the claim component, right? And you were engaging with your health plan for the purposes of just you know talking about a claim that maybe was rejected or you needed to find a doctor to include a lot more ongoing engagement opportunities. And, and again, there's a technology component. I think there's also a business component where value-based care has come into the picture and driven a lot more engagement on how do we actually keep people um, healthier over time. And that means that the plan is either incenting providers to engage or the plan itself is driving engagement with um, a broader set of solutions to not just, you know, do the normal plan components, but now also understanding like their care journey and where they should be going next uh, as it as it pertains to that journey itself. Then to your second question, you know, the advent of telemedicine which, you know, during the pandemic is kind of fascinating, right? It's, um, it, you know, it's exploded. And, and now actually we're seeing a little bit of contraction. Um, I think it's definitely changed the expectations on the convenience factor of the care system, which was not in place prior. Uh, you kind of had this expectation that the care system was kind of this old, not really agile environment that, you expected to hop from here to here to here and, you know, all the abrasion points. But I think with the advent of, of telemedicine, right, consumers now expect that access to resourcing is really more at their fingertips, whether that's actually access to care itself, to care resources, or to just understanding like insights within their, um, within the plan or um, their clinical records. And so I think it's going to you know, the next couple of years, the, the boundary is going to be pushed on how both care delivery providers and care plans or health plans themselves are actually delivering solutions because of that. 
So speaking of satisfaction, you know, we, in our previous conversation, we discussed the recently released Zealous survey, which dived into places that satisfaction had peaked and had dipped among some members. You know, what were those areas, and can you share just a little bit more about where the challenges were and where the successes were? Yeah, the places where we found least satisfaction. What's interesting is we found a lot of common places where members just generally across the care continuum found little satisfaction. And in those areas were on things like understanding your costs up front, for example. Um, the system is non-transparent. And it's really fascinating, even with some of the tools out there, um, you know, either consumers don't know that they're available or the tools aren't actually hitting their, the mark as it stands today. Um, and then one of the other areas that is, you know, we saw a massive dip is especially, you know, after the care delivery experience is actually receiving the bills. Nobody likes receiving bills, but actually like managing the complexity of possibly receiving, you know, multiple EOBs, possibly for the same claim, multiple bills, also possibly for the same claim or the same episode. Um, and being able to reconcile between those huge dips uh, in, in consumer satisfaction. And it's just, you know, it kind of shows you, both those are kind of actually really directly correlated to the underbelly of how plans are structured, which is the claims and benefit management systems. And really what they're doing, if you think about it, is kind of exposing the underbelly um, to consumers in those situations of, of how rough it actually is to run a plan um, and how rough it is to actually process the benefits and process the claims. Um, and so that's, that's a major opportunity. Um, one of the interesting things we found was for individuals who were, had you know, complex cases where maybe they were getting a complex procedure or had chronic conditions, um, specific to them, they had dips in understanding their benefits even further than the, uh, the rest of the members within our, our research. Um, and that's because a lot of times they, we may be introducing new kinds of care into their care plan more frequently because they have a higher need. And so um, for them, like understanding, all right, my doctor now says I need to do X or get X treatment. Um, is that actually covered? What is it going to cost me? Like the benefit component there is actually outsized in terms of um, little, little member satisfaction for those, those individuals. Um, the places where it did peak was just the basics of, of navigating, like finding a doctor. And, and it's probably because um, a lot of members already have like a primary care physician and therefore, um, you know, their primary care physician is still acting like they should, which is quarterback for all of their care. Um, and, you know, that's a portion where they already know how to navigate to some degree. Um, and so that was that was a point of high levels of satisfaction. Right. So, I mean, it's one thing to identify the areas where you've succeeded and the areas where you're facing a challenge, but what what should payers and providers do to respond with this information? And how can they adapt based on what they've learned from this survey? Yeah, I, I think the first thing is um, deploying solutions up front, like in the pre-care delivery environment. Um, that really drive clarity of cost, especially for members who have high deductible plans, as much as possible. What is it going to cost me? Is it covered? And then if you don't have a, pro 
provider helping them find one. But a lot of times, you know, people are looking for estimates on cost for things that they don't normally you know, have a need for. Um, so that's number one. And then the second part of that on the converse side of the care delivery itself on the financial management is um, helping to both simplify the EOB. So um, creating a level of clear, plain language within those, as well as helping the member actually reconcile the bills that they get from the providers. And so, you know, marrying up the, the bill portion, the provider portion and the payer portion is actually very important. Um, and then reconciling between the two on behalf of the member or providing guidance to the member on, you know, how to manage the differences, um, those are very important. And a lot of times members are just unwilling to advocate for themselves. Um, I've heard numerous times, you know, just wait until the third or fourth bill comes in and then pay it. And, you know, for consumers who are used to, you know, everyday on interactions within a digital world now, that's just a completely unacceptable experience. And so helping them, you know, kind of bring those together and then helping them reconcile is, I think, an opportunity. Right. So taking a step back and really kind of readdressing the primary question that we're trying to answer here today, you know, what is the ideal customer experience? What does it look like? And is there any particular bits of data you have to support one vision over the other? The ideal experience, you know, there's obviously some subjectivity in here and we do have some data on opportunities in that space, but, um, you know, I got to actually reach outside the industry a little bit and then, you know, pull it back in. You know, the ideal experience feels more like going and buying an airline. I think, you know, your costs up front, you transmit your information to the air partner. They understand that you're on your way for your flight. Um, and then your check-in process is super simple. They know you're there, you're ready to go, and you're ready to have that experience, whether that's a flight or whether you're getting care delivery. And then lastly, there's no reconciliation on the back. If you want to spring for something more than what you had bought into or you saw in your cost estimation, you can. In flight, I can add Wi-Fi into it or I can add other components. Um, But at the end of the day, all of that is supported by the fact that the consumer is in control of that experience um, and has true clarity and has very easy understanding of how to navigate through it from end to end. And and they do that through digital experiences. They also do it omni-channel. Um, which is what I, why I kind of wanted to call them out specifically. And, you know, we have strong data that supports that consumers are really interested nowadays um, in you know, not only solving some of those core problem areas that I mentioned before on satisfaction, but really owning the journey, um, which is, I think, something very new uh, in the industry where, um, you know, plans for good reason want to, you know, drive members to certain places for cost of care purposes or for quality purposes. Um, consumers do want a level of control. And that means owning the data, owning the journey and what the next step should be, um, and really doing that alongside the provider and the plan itself. And um, some of those existing consumer experiences like airlines, as much as they're not exactly a one-for-one representation of what could happen in healthcare, um, make very interesting um, uh, dichotomy studies on what could it look like. And do we see the industry moving in that direction? Uh, do we have evidence of trends illustrating a commitment to the vision you just described? 
I think they're starting to. Um, you could see the very early inklings of this, calling out Oscar, for example. You know, they've led the charge in some consumer experiences um, you know, since their inception, but they've done a good job of really creating like a almost like a concierge-like environment, both in a digital realm and as also in an omni-channel engagement solution. Um, so I, I think that the industry trends are going that direction. And you could see it too on the provider side um, with, uh, companies like uh, OneMed, um, where it feels actually like, you know, kind of a, mind you, it's an expensive service, but it feels like that kind of airline experience where you're going, you know, through this very crystal clear process of making appointments and understanding your costs up front and then checking in, right? Everything is kind of in, in sync with one another from start to finish. And Madison, I can't let you go without asking my personal favorite question. Uh, what new technologies and solutions are available for organizations, payers, and providers looking to bolster member satisfaction and, and work more on developing that vision for the healthcare journey? That's a, that's a great question. Um, a lot of great technologies out there that are um, everything from like orchestrating data and consolidating data through to you know, new industry standards of how you transmit clinical data like fire standards. Um, are, are really important to helping bolster the healthcare journey to drive uh, succinct engagement. Um, but the one thing that you know, we're doing is, you know, we're currently in the middle of identifying you know, how we can help meet some partners' needs in, in the industry. And um, we're actually looking to continue this conversation with folks out there. And um, so you can actually head to our, our Zealous website and learn a little bit more over time on how we're also looking to you know, leverage all that we do within kind of the, the financial part of healthcare to actually bolster that experience as well. Fantastic. Well, Madison, thank you again for joining us. As always, a distinct pleasure to get your insights into the industry. And I look forward to our next conversation. You know, appreciate the, the discussion here and um, you know, really, you know, looking forward to what the future of healthcare looks like. And thank you to our audience. To learn more about the best practices, lessons learned, and proven strategies for using innovative technologies to address the healthcare industry's most pressing challenges, please visit futurehealthcaretoday.com. I've been your host, Kevin Tierney. And until we talk again, so long. So long.